0: The Star Sport podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years.
1: Close your eyes and pull like a and a new Irish record for Phil Healy, twenty-two point nine nine.
2: hands over the Cup to Graham Canty All Champions for the seventh time ever
0: hello and welcome to the star Sport podcast my name is Jack McCarran of the Southern Star and I'm joined by star sport editor Kieran McCarty and Matthew Hurley from the Star Sports department before we kick things off I'd just like to give a gentle reminder to our listeners and viewers to please rate review and subscribe to the podcast on Apple podcasts Spotify and YouTube The Starsport Podcast is brought to you In association with our friends At Access Credit Union Access Credit Union where your bank Really does matter Choose the credit union, choose local Choose community On this week's podcast we're looking back On the year that was in West Cork Sport and counting down The top 10 moments from yet Another banner 12 months For the region from rowing domination to the meteoric rise of the Castlehaven ladies football team, 2022 will go down in the West Cork sporting history books as a year to remember. Before we dive in, I just want to flag our episode from last week, which is still available, and it's well worth checking out in case you missed it. We were joined by Eamon Hart and Brendan Wallace to chat about their former Conakilty teammate, Padraig Griffin, who passed away tragically in October of this year. I also just want to briefly mention our upcoming publishing dates over the Christmas period. The Southern Star will be in shops as normal this Thursday, December 22nd. On Thursday, December 29th, we'll also be in shops as normal. And that edition will feature our special end-of-year review supplement with some great interviews and reviews looking back. Now, lads, let's get straight in. To the top ten West Cork sporting moments from twenty twenty two, as chosen by the man himself, Matthew Hurley. Starting with number ten, and Kieran, I'll come to you first on this one. And one of the breakout athletic stars of the year was Kilbrittan hammer Nicola Tuttle.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a great um, great entry to start the, the top ten with. So Nicola Tuttle, she's a Kilbrittain teenager, a former West Cork youth sports star, overall winner. And um, she was when she was sixteen, she was the Irish senior women's hammer throw champion. So that just shows the the caliber of the athlete that we were talking about. But Nicola Gio didn't get off to the best start at the European Hammer Throw Cup in Portugal back in March. She fell and she dislocated her elbow and had a, had a fracture or a break there as well. So obviously not ideal for a hammer thrower. Hammer thrower. Um, the World Under 20 Championships were on in Cali, Colombia in August. So she was really up against it to get back in fight and fit shape for to compete on, on the world stage. But Nicola put her head down. And not only did she get to Kelly, but she also got to the to the world final. She finished eight overall, but she also threw a personal best in the semifinal on route, route to the final. So it was an incredible, incredible comeback for Nicola. And even I remember talking to her after the world final itself. And over in Colombia, there was a storm that day, a huge lightning and thunderstorm. So they actually had to had to stop the final. So they had four or five hours for all the I think it was eight finalists or twelve finalists were in a in a in a room together in under under the stadium just waiting for the, the storm to subside. So it was a, a really memorable trip for Nicola Tuttle, but her comeback was exceptional.
0: Yeah, absolutely brilliant stuff throughout the year from Nicola Tuttle. Number nine on our list then is the History Makers, and that was Lawyer Rovers, who claimed Beamish Cup. Glory And Matthew, I'll come to you on this one. Why was this such a momentous occasion for Lyre?
2: Well, I suppose um, most people think uh, the league winners would be um, uh, you know, rewarded more with Dreena Rangers winning the league. But this was the first ever Beamish Cup title for Lyre Rovers and their run to the final was pretty good as well, beating Kilgob, Kilgob and Celtic. Bayer AFC, they hammered them in that round 5-1. Riverside and Leipzig get the semi-final, and they beat Clonacilty Soccer Club. Now, for context, Clonacilty Soccer Club are actually, I think, top of the Premier Division this year. So that was a brilliant win to get, a 1-0 <clears throat> victory for lawyer there. So it was a brilliant um, brilliant win for Lyra Rovers, first ever Beavish Cup. And uh, I'll say on record, I used to actually play for Lawyer Soccer. So absolutely delighted for them, delighted for that club. And uh,
1: yeah, well-deserved the, the Beavish Cup, Cup this season. The truth always comes out. Look, he plays for Lyre Rovers and all of a sudden they appear on the on the on the top ten list. But in fairness, Matthew, they definitely deserve it. Like for, for Lyre to do what they did this year, it's the it's Ryder Rover stuff for Lyre. Um they're the first ever ever Beamish Cup. And who knows? They might try and sign you back now for the the, the 22, 23 the season. Jeez,
2: jeez. I used to play left back now. That apparently is the easiest position ever to play. So they, they might need left back here or there, but um yeah, I'd probably be waiting a long time, maybe a year or two for that card, Ciarán. But uh, at least i the Star Sports Department, David, it's much better, I'd say.
0: Yeah, and just to mention one more thing about liar Rovers, and I'm going to pat myself on the back here because I think one of the headlines of the year was one of the weeks I was deputising for Kieran and it was the same week that liar won the Cup and we ran the front page. Liar, liar, champs on fire. So... Unfortunately, Kieran did didn't... Oh, did I freeze? No, I didn't freeze. We're still here. So uh, yeah, liar, liar, champs on fire. I think it's done justice to a remarkable achievement for that club. We're going to move on to number eight now and it's the first rowing entry in our list but certainly won't be the last and it is the performance of Eva Casey, daughter of Coach Dominic Casey at the World Rowing Championship. So Kieran, I let you take this one.
1: Over the last couple of years, the success of skibbering rowers has really put West Cork on the map. And in 2022, it was absolutely no different. So we, it, it's not an Olympic year; it's the year after an Olympics. So usually, this is the the down year for for athletes as they, as they kind of come to terms with life after their after the Olympics. But for the Skib rowers, they kept doing what what they do best, and and that's win medals on the world stage. And for Aoife Casey, who is the daughter of rowing guru Dominic Casey, it was a very memorable year because. In the Irish lightweight uh, double, women's double alongside Margaret Crimin, they won bronze at the 2022 World Championships. And this is notable for a number of factors. First off, this is a breakthrough medal. This is a huge moment for, for Aoife and Megs because they qualified for the Olympics in Tokyo back in 2021. But they are a very, very young crew. They were probably a small bit ahead of schedule when they qualified for that Olympics, but they did so well there and they got the eighth place. So this year now they've built on that Olympic that, that 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 um that exposure to the Olympics and they've won a world medal. So this shows to them that they can hold their own with the best in the world. And the crew they beat into into fourth was the French crew that finished in the podium at the Olympics last summer, the summer of twenty twenty one. So that shows the company that Eva and Megs are mixing with now. So. For Aoife, it's given her, it's a confidence boost. She's a, a, her first world medal in her back pocket and she's a Roar who started running internationally for Ireland back in 2015 at the Coupe de Juness alongside Emily Hegarty. She's had to wait a long time for, for this medal, but it's really been worth the wait because they can use this as the platform and a catapult to more success in the years ahead. Because in 2023, it's the start of the Olympic countdown. The Paris Games are in 2024. Um, Aoife and Megs will hope to be in that Irish women's lightweight double. Of course, that's not nailed on. Um, you have Lydia Heafy from Lip is champing at the bit to try and get in there too. But for Eva Casey to finish 22 with a world bronze medal, it just sets her up in a really good place for 2023.
0: As I mentioned, there will be another fairly notable rowing entry later in this list. But Matthew, I just want to ask you briefly about rowing generally, because Unlike myself and Kieran, you you're quite a young man. You've also grown up in West Cork knowing nothing but rowing excellence for the region. So what has that kind of meant to you as a sports fan? Just obviously you're a GEA man first, but you come from West Cork. You've lived here all your life. And during the period of your, say, teenage years and into your early 20s, West Cork has become the haven almost further than nationally worldwide for rowing excellence.
2: Ah, oh, that's yeah. It's it's been absolutely unbelievable. Even in twenty sixteen, initially when uh Paul and Gary won that silver medal in uh, Rio, like every every household that's here on West Cork was absolutely jumping for a joy. Then and uh, before that, even twenty sixteen, rowing even across the country wasn't really uh, known in Ireland. say uh, in Olympic circles, anyway, most people were thinking boxing, athletics, etc. But now the rowers have just taken over, especially West Cork, and even that um gold medal win in um in Tokyo. While it was a brilliant achievement, it was expected at the same time. But the lads uh, Finton and Paul still uh, delivered. And when you look at uh, the amount of talent coming through as well, um, from Maya Knowles, Lauren McCarthy, Steele, there's a lot of them coming up, and it's absolutely brilliant to see. And even the some of the GA players, they don't make the GA or make it at soccer, so they go to the rowing club in Skipperine. So it's absolutely brilliant to see. And um. Yeah, long may continue because it's a brilliant sport to pick up and um ultimately Ireland are very successful at it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um we'll move along now to number seven and always in West Cork a major part of the sporting year is the road bowling scene. And twenty twenty two was no different with two West Cork bowling stars, Michael Bohan and Hannah Sexton having memorable years, Kieran.
1: Yeah, exactly that. Both won their first Munster senior titles and they both went on to the All-Ireland finals as well. So looking at Michael Bohan first, he, he's a Cora man who created a bit of history. The first man from the Carberry division to win the, the County Munster senior men's final. And if you're being quite honest about it, at the start of the year, he wouldn't have been one of the of the favourites for this crown. But he put the head down and he bowled so, so well. And I think it was Seamus Sexton that he beat in the in, in the Munster final. And that's the same Seamus Sexton who was coming off the back of winning a gold medal at the Europeans in Germany in May. So Michael Bohan certainly won it the hard way. He took down some big guns along the way. I think he beat James O'Donovan as well in one of the earlier rounds. And James O'Donovan from Bandon was a finalist in um, in 2021. So it just shows the calibre of, of of road bowlers that Michael Bohan beat. Then he got to the All-Ireland final. didn't work out for him. He came up against Thomas I'm um, from, from Ulster, who was winning his second senior All-Ireland. But at least now Michael Bohan knows going into 2023 that he's at a level where he can win Munster titles and he's at a level where he can compete in All-Ireland finals. So he'll be looking to kick on there. And then we have Hannah Sexton. And this is another brilliant West Cork sports story from the year. Hannah, in her first year up at senior, went and won the county and Munster senior women's title. And that's that's a remarkable story for Hannah we know her from her underage bowling career where she just snaffled up All-Irelands at a phenomenal rate, back-to-back under-16 All-Ireland champion, back-to-back under-18 All-Ireland champion. Um, she won the Munster Intermediate Women's title in 2021, stepped up to senior and in her first year won the, the Senior Women's Munster title. And she did so in style as well. At the Munster final in Ballincorrig, which is her favourite road, she equaled Silk. Silk Tulk's road record that day. So um, Hannah won Munster in style. Went on then to the All-Ireland who she came up against Kelly Sexton. But just for a bit of context for our listeners, Kelly Sexton is the, or sorry, um, Kelly Mellon is the most successful women's bowler of all time. She is just on a different level altogether. She was also the Armagh Lady Senior Football Captain this year. She's just an all round sports star. Hannah tried, but Kelly was just too good on the day. And Kelly won her 10th tenth, her tenth All-Ireland Senior Women's title, which is an incredible record. But for Hannah, she's seen she can compete at this level. She's now come up against the best, Kelly Mallon. She's, she knows what's needed now to compete against the likes of Kelly Mallon. So it leaves Hannah in a good place going into... Going into 2023 and just for our listeners in our big sports review coming up on out on December 29th we have interviews with both Michael Bohan and with Hannah Sexton and Hannah Sexton it's a Q&A and it's well worth checking out for she explains what a sap is in, in bowling she she tells us more about what she needs to do in 2023 if she could throw one more shot if she if she could have one chance to throw one shot this year what would it be and why um, she picks out some of the upcoming uh, young female roadboulers in West Cork to keep an eye on. So that's really, wor- really worth checking out. And also, Matthew Hurley caught up with Michael Bohan to chat about his dream year. So there are two, two really strong roadbouling pieces in our in year sport review. Um, Matthew,
0: you obviously mentioned earlier that you formally plied your trade with Lawyer Rovers. We know you're a member of Balan Iscarity GEA Club. Have you ever taken to the roads?
2: Um well, I've, I've heard of it in um, my own um, former secondary school, Clark Kent Community College. We used to be very successful in bowling, actually. Um, Two, I, I, I don't know, are they, are they well known in the bowling circles right now? But David Hagerty and uh, Kieran Sullivan are two probably up and coming bowlers around that area. One's from Kilmead, one's from around the Lyre region, right next to the Lyre J soccer pitch, as a matter of fact. So, yeah, there's a load of uh, bowlers around West Cork. And yeah, it's a brilliant sport. Even for Hannah Sexton, she lives around the in Britain area, that's pretty near myself as well. So, And she has a GA background as well. And it's another example, the more sports you do, the more involved you get in uh, West Cork sports in, in a way as well. So, um, yeah, it's it's
1: very successful around these areas. Yeah. It sounds to me, Jack, that that's a, that's a plea from Matthew for the roadbounders of West Cork, for someone to take him out on the road and to show him the rope. So if any road, road bowler listening to this podcast wants to show him Matthew, how to how to throw a ball or bring him along and a score just get in touch and we'll have to sort that out for you Matthew
2: jeez yeah. yeah more sports are doing better I suppose that. yeah absolutely
0: well we'll move on now on Matthew I'm going to stay with you for number 6 and it's the Saints March on and that was St James' lifting the Calvary Junior A Football Championship for 2022 and securing their place in the Premier Junior County Championship ahead of next season
2: yeah, it was a absolutely brilliant story. I covered a lot of James's matches this season, including their first game against Mary's, which they actually lost. I think it was 1-13 to three twelve that day. They had a very bad first half. They needed to recover from that. And um, yeah, they recovered after the second game against Castlehaven, actually, which I, I didn't watch. But a lot of people were saying that they probably, on another day, could have lost that game. But they still they still folded in themselves to win that game in the end. Then they hammered Columns. They hammered the in the quarterfinals. Then they somehow beat Mary's in uh, the rematch in the semi-final, and I was at this game, and he uh, had the late goal from the player-manager Alan O'Shea. What a finish to the game! It was absolutely incredible. And then the final was pretty comfortable against Arcade Rangers, but like even when things were going wrong, points for James as they still found a way to win, and that was a brilliant side of the team to be honest with you. And yeah, even against Kilmorey, like Kilmorey were arguably the much better team of the day. But James still only lost the game by three points. Like, they were still in the game right until the very end. And that's a credit to the whole James' team. Like, a, a few names here. Frank Hayes, very good performance from him. Aaron Hayes was their top scorer. Top scorer for play, I think, in the Carbery west Cork uh, Championship this season. Um, and O'Shea, obviously, coming off the bench. A uh, few others, like Connor Hayes, Captain Fantastic. So, James has had brilliant performances all over the field. And the Premier Junior Championship next season will be very interesting because they're in a group with... Ken Murray, who they lost to last year, who went on to play Foss in the Munster final. Kid Sale, who usually have a good football team. And Mill Street, who I look at out of the relegated intermediate A sides and think, how do they get there with the likes of Derek Ashman and Kevin Crowley in the team? So it should be very interesting how James has out on. It's a very tough group, but then again, it'll be a great experience for them. And I've I chatted to Kevin O'Brien in the past as well, and a few other players, and Frank Hayes as well. And they enjoyed the challenge, so best of luck to them, and uh, hopefully they'll do West Cork route in the chapter next season.
0: Yeah, Kieran St. James' has been one of the, the best stories to follow in West Cork from a GAA perspective over the last three years, I suppose. You could say, and 2023 is going to be no different as Matthew uh, said out there. They're going to have a huge challenge in the Premier Junior County Championship, but a challenge that they'll be relishing.
1: Exactly, and it's just where they want to be. I think they were they were one of the surprise packets of 2022. When you look at at the uh, I suppose West Cork GA as a whole this year, especially the men's side, it wasn't a stellar year for for the men's for the men's um the, the men's football and hurling teams. I know Mahoon has won a county um junior B title earlier in the year, but for Saint James to do what they did and to win Carberry and to win promotion up to the county premier junior grade for 2023, huge for the club, massive for the club because they're up against the likes of. Tig McCorrig, who are the reigning champions, Kilmackabee, who are always there or thereabouts, a coming Argadine Rangers team, you've got escarti in there as well, so it's a really tough championship to win, so for St. James to do what they did and get through I suppose escape, escape from West Cork, they're now set free Go free St James's into the into the wilds of the county series and like uh, like Matthew said they are up against Kilmorey, Kinsale, and Mill Street. So, but that is as well. It's new opposition. They're outside. It's not the familiar faces that they've they've played in Carbery over over the last couple of years. And I think that'll be very exciting for. For far the team because they're um they're uh they're they're a club with no minor or or under sixteen or or, or under seventeen, whatever it is now, um, teams as well. So they, they reply a lot, they rely a lot on some of their elder statesmen and there's some young guns coming up as well. So for, for the club it's a huge boost to put them into that, that new county premier junior series in twenty twenty three. They now know the draw. They'll know very, very soon, even by the time this podcast comes out, I think the fixtures could actually be out for for next year so they can can start to plan their summer. So fierce, exciting time for St. James.
0: Okay, lads, we'll take a quick break. And coming up next, it's the top five West Cork sporting moments of 2022. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. The story of West Cork rugby players dominating Munster and Ireland teams in both men's and women's has been one we've loved following at the Southern Star in recent years. But probably the greatest success came just a few weeks ago when Inishannon's Jack Crowley made his first start for the Ireland senior men's team against the mighty Australia. And Kieran Jack Crowley is a serious talent and we've even intimated on the podcast that he could be a dark horse for the Ireland World Cup squad next year based on his recent performances in the green of Ireland and the red of Munster.
1: We had Tom Savage on the podcast um Tom Savage of Three Red Kings fame a couple of weeks ago and I think I put put the question to him, of all the, the West Cork players who have made their senior Ireland debuts in recent times, and obviously Darren Sweeten back in 2017, in the summer of 2021, we bought Gavin Coombs and Finnean Wittreley, but in the, in the latest Autumn International Series, Jack Crowley um, came on as a, a sub against Fiji, then started against Australia the following week, but I put the to, to Tom is, possibly, quite possibly, is this the most significant um, West Cork appearance at, at that level because Johnny Sexton is stepping away after the World Cup next year. That Ireland number 10 jersey is going to be up for grabs. Um, Johnny, Sext, um, when Johnny Sexton goes away. That means Joey Carberry is one of the, the front runners for that. But Jack Crowley is pushing him so hard at Munster at the moment. Um, Jack Crowley is one for the present and for the future. I think he's only, is it 22? That's all he is. He recently just signed a new two-year contract extension with Munster to keep him at the province until 2025 at least. Ron Nogara has been one of his biggest fans. He's spoken at Lint about him in the past. Ronan tried to take him over to um to La Rochelle. I think it was the, in the 2020 started 2021. So he is really highly rated. and um, he has he has all the attributes t- to make it. And for him, for Jack, a product of Bendon Grammar School, a product of Bend of, of, of a Rugby Club, a young man from Inishanen to to make his Ireland senior debut. You could see that his profile is just growing and growing and growing, and it's a very exciting 2023 ahead. That Rugby World Cup in France is, is next September. That's not that's not too long too long away. You'd expect to see Jack Crowley possibly in and around the, the Six Nations squad, um, and it's going to be interesting to see how Ireland will plan plan their way to navigate through that Six Nations because they want to wrap Johnny Sexton up in cotton wool. So, do you play him? Do you hold him back? Does that mean Jack Crowley could get a game? Fierce exciting time for him. 2023 will be a huge year. He's off the back of a strong 2022 and he really deserves to be at number five in our our top 10 moments of the year.
0: It's funny that you mentioned that Ronan O'Gara connection and how he tried to sign Jack Crowley because I saw this week that Ryanair has announced some new routes from Cork to mainland Europe, one of which is La Rochelle. So you have to wonder, has Ronan O'Gara had a hand in that? Is he trying to Get that conveyor belt of Cork rugby players flying directly into his hands over the next 12 months. Matthew, on Jack Crowley and the wider West Cork rugby culture generally, how have you enjoyed following it and reporting on it during your time at the Southern Star? Because obviously the more West Cork players that get picked for Munster and get picked for Ireland, the better.
2: Exactly so, and uh, Jack Crowley in particular, I was I was so impressed with him against Fiji when he came on, um, and then against Australia. Like he kicked his he's kicked his goals, he did everything right, and uh, yeah, he was he was a brilliant playmaker in the middle of the field. And on Kiord's point on the Six Nations, I wouldn't be against Jack Crowley coming into the game against Italy, really, because it, like a lot of people are thinking Italy are probably you know the last place team, and it's a chance to give players a run out, and uh, Crowley. Is that sort of player, maybe against Wales. like you know, I'm thinking of the structures around, I think we have home games against England and France and then away games against Scotland, Wales and Italy. So maybe Jack Crowley could play against them, um, maybe a Scotland, so Wales and Italy, maybe something like that. Um, but for England and France, I wouldn't be surprised if Johnny Sexton's there. But Johnny Sexton's nearly 40 years of age you now. So it's time for one of the players, whether it be Jack Crowley or Joey Carberry, to step into the role, and especially Crowley, like he's rise this year, I think he was third choice in Munster, at the start of the year, and then he moved to second choice, and now he's pushing Joey Carvey all the way, it's a brilliant performance by him, uh, indeed, and when you look at Benny Witcherly, Josh Witcherly, Gavin Coombs, like brilliant players all over the place, Keane Hurley from Planet Kilty as well, is a very good rugby player, so yeah, very good um, rugby players in West Cork, and a uh, lot may continue, like um, rugby's a popular sport in Planet Kilty, and Skipperine, abandoned, so um, yeah, it's absolutely brilliant
0: Yeah, and um, well moving on then, and we mentioned in our number 10 slot that Nicola Tuttle may have been the breakout athletic star of 2022, but well, if she was the breakout star, the athlete at number 4 was the man who cemented himself as the most exciting athlete in Irish athletics and that's Glenn Gareth's Dara McElhenney Kieran, who had another banner year
1: if listeners to this podcast didn't realize already, they do know we are fans of Dara McElhinney and we have been for some time. The the man is just a phenom when it comes to athletics. And he's someone who's tracked it out. His talent was almost mapped out from when he was 14, 15 and 16. But the the exciting, um, what's so exciting about Dara's journey is just he's continuing his development and his progression and his maturity year after year after year. And 2022 will go down as one of those kind of and those years where you say, "Okay, Darvish really stepped up and into senior level. He's really making his presence felt." He finish, finishes the year with three senior titles, and it's a very unique hat trick. He won the indoor men's two thousand meter back in February during the summer. He regained his outdoor men's five thousand meter title, and then just in I think it was the end of November, he picked up his first senior men's cross country title with a with a brilliant performance up in Donegal. So. To have those three national titles to his name and they get across those three different categories, indoor, outdoor and cross country, it just shows the range and, and talent of Dara. And we have to add in as well that he set six new personal bests during 2022, during, uh, between the indoor and outdoor season. As well as that, he competed at the European Senior Athletics Championships. And while he was disappointed with his finish overall in the men's 5,000 metre, we have to remember too that just inside the last lap, Dara was in seventh place. If I'm right, he was right in the hunt where he wanted to be, and I'd spoken to his coach Emmett uh, Dunleavy before that, and he just wanted to see Dara hold his own in that company and be in the mix for in the final lap. And that's just that's exactly what happened. And okay, Dara faded in the in the final 300 meters, but he knows that himself, and he knows what he needs to do to to put himself in a better place come to Europeans in the next Europeans or the world's, or even now it's the Olympics Paris 2024 that is on his agenda. He's he's hoping to get there. And after seeing what we've seen over the last couple of years and seeing that, that continuous progression. And I think that's so important to note here. It's been a continuous progression. He's told me before, let's say when, when he was in his teens, he could have potentially have ran faster times than he already did. The times that he did run in his teens were, were national records But he could have run faster if he loaded too much miles into his legs. But he decided they had to take a more sustainable approach, which is what they did. And it's paying off now because the best is yet to come.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, Ireland is obviously famous for middle distance runners. And if he was to go and run well at the Paris Olympics, you can just imagine the groundswell of support he'd get from West Cork, Cork and across the country. Because when you think back to what Sonia did for example in Sydney and I'm not putting the pressure on Dara now and saying that he has to go and perform like Sanya in his first Olympics but you just know the way this country reacts to athletes who compete in the events he competes in it's just something that would really excite you for the future and that's why we're going to keep supporting Dara and Kieran wants to jump in and either correct me or uh
1: no, I just want to add to something you said there, like the Paris Olympics, what, 18 months away. And I think we need now to to, to kind of put a, a flag on the ground, Jack. We need to bring the Star Sport podcast to the Paris Olympics, right? Because not putting pressure on our local athletes. We could have Darren McElhinney there. We could have Phil Healy there. We could have Joan Healy there in the relay. Looking at the Roars, we could have Paul, Fenton, M- Emily, Eva Casey, Lydia Heafy, Gary O'Donovan could be in the mix. Maybe uh, Jake McCarthy could be back in there too. And that's just off the top of my head. So I think we should start the petition. We should, we should petition our MD in the Southern Star to get the Star Sport podcast to Paris. We're not looking for a five star hotel. I'd be happy with a campsite outside Paris and trekking and out for the for the week or two it's on. But I think it's something that we should start flagging now, Jack, and start beating that drum.
0: Yeah, it's it's only a it's only a short spin away. And as I mentioned earlier, the the flight routes from Port to La Rochelle, I'm pretty sure they've added uh, one of Paris's airports into that new route planner as well so simple it's simple so to the Southern Star MD if you're listening book the tickets okay lads we've reached the podium stage of our top 10 West Cork sporting moments of 2022 and in the bronze medal position it's the meteoric rise of the Castle excuse me the Castle Haven ladies football team in recent years and Matthew you write in your piece in the Southern Star that this rise has been nothing
2: short of astonishing. Exactly, yeah, like, uh, when you consider the facts Castle Haven Ladies Football Club was formed in 2012 only 10 years ago and now they're a senior team along with Airog, Moran Abbey, all the brilliant sides the kind of there as well. It's going to be brilliant, it's going to be brilliant to see and, uh, the did Cat done an absolutely brilliant job with this Castlehaven team um, and when you consider they beat Lamore in the intermediate final Lamore were a side I think that lost the last three or four finals before that so it was an absolutely brilliant achievement there they won it on a shootout brilliant uh, kicking in the end brilliant nerves shown by the Castlehaven ladies in that game and yeah there's some very good uh, players coming up in Castlehaven the club is developing year on year and it's absolutely brilliant to see and who knows maybe they could um, provide a push to Win the county title next season. Look, I hear Shane Ronan's actually gone from Moore Abbey, so that that will reduce their chances really. So yeah, Castlehaven will do very well to win the competition next year. But uh, yeah, very good achievement for Castlehaven. Very good um very good year for them. And uh, yeah, the rise continues.
0: Yeah, Kieran. Anything to add to that? Like uh, everything Matthew said there just kind of sums it up. This has been one of the. The best stories in West Cork sport and it's going to be brilliant to see this Castlehaven ladies team competing at the top table next season.
1: Well, Matthew's put all the pressure on Castlehaven, putting them as a team to knock Mornaby off their perch, but something has to finish at, at some time. And like Matthew said, Shane Rene has a step back as Mornabby manager, Era Og will be in the mix. But there's nothing to say that Castlehaven can compete for the, for the Senior B title in 2023. Maybe that's the next part, the, the next stepping stone on their on their adv- adventure, like this is a club that's celebrating its the, the LGFA part of Castlehaven. It's their tenth year in existence this year, and what they've achieved is astonishing. It's it's remarkable, really. They have now won four counties county titles in a row. Like Matthew said as well, they beat Glenmire in, in the intermediate final. Then they're, they're now up to the senior ranks. And what what we know from Castlehaven, the men's and women's sides over the over the last couple of years, that there's such a great structure and support to the clubs, like the. Everyone in the parish really rose in behind them, and we saw that with the with the women's football team since it came on board. Um, you think back to ten years ago when when uh, three local women piled into their car, they drove around the parish, asking, knocking the doors, asking young players would they sign up for Castlehaven Ladies Football Club. The response they got was incredible, and what that meant as well is that that is that young girls and and women from Castlehaven didn't have to leave the parish to go play football, and that was so important that that the locals could play in their own famous blue and white strip, their blue and white jersey, and they have that now. And in fairness, like the Castlehaven women, what, like, we, like we said, what they've done is astonishing. They're now up into the senior ranks. They'll, they're going to take on the likes of Hilty, who've been a senior club the last couple of years. But we think back to the, the West Cork LGFA Division 1 final earlier this year. Castlehaven, who were then in an intermediate team, actually beat Clannacilty, a senior team, in the final. So Haven have shown that they can hold their own against against senior side. So it's going to be very interesting to watch their progression over the next couple of years. Like I said, I think it'll be step by step by step. And if we see them in the mix for the senior B title in 2023, that could be the next part of their journey.
0: Number two then, and the silver medalist for our top 10 West Cork sporting moments of 2022. And we mentioned the emergence of Jack Crowley as a potential successor to johnny sexton in the ireland team in the number five position but the west cork women are also doing their thing in rugby circles and in particular on the club scene and one of the stories of the season has been the skibbereen ladies rugby side who landed a terrific treble kieran
1: yeah this is one of the stories of the year and it was a it was a story in, in the first half of the year, the, the Skibbereen Women's Rugby Club senior team. And this team is only in existence since it, it was 2020. Then COVID came along and that obviously disrupted sport for everyone. But in their, their first, you could say, proper full campaign, what they achieved was incredible. So they won the the, uh, the Munster Women's Division II Cup. They won the Munster Division II League title. And they also won the Munster Divisional Cup. They complete a remarkable treble. And it's just a brilliant story because... The women's side of Skibbereen Rugby Club, that only kicked off a couple of years ago. First with a girls under 15 team. I think it was 2016, 2017, 2018, just around then. That girls under 15 team was the first um, ladies, women's um, side in Skibbereen Rugby Club. And it has just mushroomed since then. They now field teams at all different ages. They now have that senior team as well. And why that senior team is so important in it just, it's it's something for the for the younger players to aim towards because they now know that if they can come up to the ranks of Skibbereen, there is a senior side there for them to play with. um, And that's so important as well. So it means that players around that Skibbereen area do not have to leave to go play rugby if if, if rugby is their sport. In the the Sport Review coming out in December 29th, I catch up with Michelle O'Driscoll and she's from LEP. And she actually won Skibbereen Rugby Club Women's Player of the Year this year. She's a a really talented rugby player who also plays at Bell & Colleague. She's a dual status there because um, Skibbereen is a a junior club. But she was making the point that it's so important that this current team leaves Skibbereen Women's Rugby in such a strong place and that their strong foundation sunk so that the club and this team lasts going into the future. But if they keep going on the... The upper curve that they are at the moment, and winning trophies and contesting finals, and they were just in another final there um, last w- weekend as well. If 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 they if they keep on on this upward tra- 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 trajectory, it's only going to be good times for Gibringoo women's rugby in the future.
0: Yeah, Matthew. Anything to add there? Obviously, a brilliant story, a terrific treble, and uh, a trailblazing team in West Cork sport.
2: Exactly that. So I think here to say, it covered as much as possible there. But I just wanted to say like um it, the profile of women's rugby in West Cork because of this team has risen so much after this, and uh, I think a lot of uh, people like uh, associated with women's rugby would be just thinking about West Cork. That's the bar we need to go to 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 you know develop as a club. And yeah, like a few years ago, maybe 2014, 2015, a lot of people would say women's rugby in West Cork you would have laughed if that was successful, but no, it's happened. It's absolutely incredible, you know, and yeah, it has developed um, women's rugby. Women's rugby has been developing all through the years, year on year, especially in West Cork. And yeah, it's it's brilliant to see. And maybe a few other clubs will um, take some inspiration from Skimmery. They are the, you know, the standard bearers.
0: Okay, lads. Well, we're going to move on to the gold medal position in our top 10 West Cork sporting moments of twenty. 20- 22. And who else could it be? The two men who spend more time on the top of the podium than any other Irish sports people at present. And it's Paula Donovan and Fintan McCarty and their remarkable gold medal win at the World Rowing Championships in the Czech Republic. So, Kieran, what more can we say? Take it away.
1: It's 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 hard at this stage, Jack, to add to what we've said over the the last couple of years about what uh, Fintan and Paul have achieved. And um, it's just been incredible. Their domination of the men's lightweight double skulls, it's a, it's not just a national story anymore. It's it's a worldwide story because they are the best in the world. They kicked off twenty twenty two by being named the world rowing men's crew of the year for twenty twenty one. So that just shows that their their talent is recognised right across the globe. They are the most dominant pairing in the lightweight men's double in a, in a long time. They won European gold this year and they won World gold as well. So they won European gold in Munich. Then they won the World gold was in the Czech Republic. But what is almost even more remarkable about um, Paul and Finton's feats this year is that the two lads were not together in the boat that often at all, and that's ominous for the for their for their rivals heading into the the, the Paris Olympic cycle. Because Paul was so busy with his medicine studies at UCC and he uh, he was down in Australia for a time on work experience. It just meant that Paul and Fintan just physically were not on the same continent for a while or even in the same country to hop in the boat together. So I think it was either before the Europeans or before the Worlds that I'd heard they had just been in the boat five times together this year. Five times and that includes training. Yet they went and they won European gold then after that, there was a bit of will they won't they compete in the Worlds because while Fintan went on camp, um, Paul came back home to, to to West Cork because he was um, back in college up in UCC. Um, so they didn't train again together before the Worlds, but they got back in the boat just before that. Paul flew out just before it started and they won World Gold as well. So it's just incredible domination. All I can say is to our listeners, just enjoy them while they're here. Really just enjoy them. Because what we have, we have two skibbereen men, two men from the same parish of Affodown, two men from West Cork, two fabulous West Cork ambassadors who are the best in the world at what they do. We know in sport that nothing lasts forever. We know also after the Paris Olympics in 2024 that it could be and is likely to be be the end of lightweight rowing there. So, um, of course, Paul and Fintan might go down the heavyweight route. But who knows what the future has. So just enjoy these two Skibbereen Roars for the moment. They are the best in the world at what they do. And they're just putting West Cork on the map. And they're also they're also it's it's a golden year for West Cork sport. You can see it in the Southern Star sports pages every week. And the Skibbereen Roars have a huge part to play for that. And especially Paul and Finton as well.
0: Matthew, you mentioned earlier in the podcast about twenty sixteen and the silver medal that. Paul won with his brother Gary. And at the time, like from a sports fan's perspective, that almost felt like it can't get any better than that for West Cork sport, West Cork rowing in Olympic terms. But in hindsight, now that's nearly a footnote considering what Paul and Gary, and then subsequently Paul and Finton and Jake, to a certain extent, as well, have gone on to achieve. They've gone from being outsiders who do you know, nab a silver medal was also almost how it was perceived to the dominant force in a sport that's competed in countries across the globe.
2: Exactly that, and uh, yeah, it was absolutely incredible the way they won the silver medal, but to win a gold, and as well as that, they were expected to win it, and they still won us. and uh, even at the end of uh, that um, European championship race in uh, the Czech Republic, there, there was a sense of, you know you know, well done lads, there was no celebration or anything from them at the end, and that that was what struck me, like they were saying, good job lads, um, we got it done here, and it was almost like, they expected to win it, and they won it anyway, and it was incredible to see that, like you could see the Italians and the Swiss trying their utmost, trying to catch up with the lads but they just couldn't, like they, they tried they gave it 100% and like the lads were just too strong for them
0: The Matthew Hurley seal of approval, number one on our list of the top 10 West Cork sporting moments for 2022 Uh, as we mentioned at the top of the show Kieran, the Southern Star is in shops this Thursday, there's going to be that's Thursday the 22nd, there's going to be loads of good stuff in there again, over Christmas, the end of year review with loads of great interviews, reviews insights and everything you need to enjoy a nice sit down and read over Christmas that's in shops on December the 29th So make sure to pick up that one. Um Kieran, before we wrap up this week's edition of the Star Sports Podcast, our festive special, as you can see, Kieran has the Christmas tree lights on behind the angel sitting on his shoulder. I'd just like to take this opportunity to thank the man himself, Matthew Hurley, who's been a great asset to the Southern Star over the last few months on the few weeks that Kieran was away during the year and I had to deputise as sports editor Matthew was a massive help to me his output is superb he works extremely hard he's been a huge addition to the Southern Star Sports Department and the Star Sport Podcast he's going to be leaving us now so this is going to be his last appearance on the podcast it's a big blow but as we said on last week's edition we're hugely looking forward to seeing what he does in the future of his career hopefully the Southern Star will factor in it in some way, shape, or form. So, just from me personally, I'd like to thank Matthew and wish him all the best. Here, and I'm sure you will echo those sentiments, and maybe you want to add something to to it as well.
1: One hundred percent. Even though Christmas is a time of of happiness, this sports podcast well, now it's tinged with a bit of sadness right at the end because it's a it, it's a sad farewell to Matthew Hurley. But this this isn't the end, Matthew. This isn't the end. This is just the beginning for you. So it's um it's been terrific over the last five months to just to, to see your development as a journalist and to see your progression and there's only going to be bigger and better things ahead for you in in the years ahead so when you're running the RT sports department in 10 years time and when they're sitting down to pick the the sports person of the year shortlist. I know for a fact that you're going to have a couple of West Cork not- nominees in there because you remember this conversation and you'll you'll remember before you started out with the Southern Star all those years ago with the the mad haired Jack McCarran and the the suave and sophisticated Kier McCarthy and how and how we we showed you the ropes in those early years. But you no, know, it's been you've been a huge asset to the Southern Star sport and you you've, you've really helped grow our, our sport coverage over the last couple of. Couple of months, but like I said, this is not the end, so watch this space.
0: Yeah, so Matthew, um, it's been brilliant. Best of luck, and thanks for all the support. Thanks as well to all the listeners of the Star Sport podcast over the course of the year. It's been another fantastic year of growth and fun and frolics. Thanks as well to our sponsors, Access Credit Union. We'd like to wish listeners, viewers, and sponsors a very Happy Christmas and, of course, a peaceful and happy and hopefully healthy new year. Thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast and thanks as well to our producer, Dylan Mangan, who will be remaining with us for another while yet. Um, He's been great throughout the year as well, so fair play to Dylan, who helps keep this show on the road. If you enjoy these shows, please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Slant hummel.